this was just like the icing on the cake for this year because like I I had no idea I was in the running for this. Like I'm not like how am I in the top five trainers of the year? You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to The Ride, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by Horse and Rider Magazine, co-hosted by Nicole Cherico and Devin Conley. In each episode, we chat with some of the industry's top trainers, clinicians, horsekeeping experts, and professionals to share inspiring stories, training philosophies, and the importance of living your best Western horse life. Welcome back to another episode of The Ride Podcast. Today, Devin and Nicole are joined by Lindy Thorne. Lindy is an open rider and winner of the 2022 NCHA Futurity. Working as a colt starter and as a trainer and competing in a variety of disciplines, Lindy has more than made a name for herself, especially in the cattle events. Whether you and your horse are headed across the country or just down the road, the new U.S. Rider app helps you be prepared. From free travel planning, checklists, travel document storage, health alerts, emergency vet and farrier referrals, and more, you'll find everything you need to stay organized and have a safe trip at your fingertips. Plus, U.S. Rider members can easily request roadside assistance within the app. Welcome back to another episode of The Ride. I'm Devin. I'm here with my co-host, Nicole, and we are joined today by Lindy Thorne. She's an open rider and trainer with a background in a variety of events. With a passion for starting young horses, Lindy has claimed top titles and is here to share her incredible story about her journey. Thank you for being here, Lindy. Yeah, no worries. I think just to get started, uh, can you just introduce yourself? Talk a little bit about your your background in horses, where you started, what got you into um, cutting, especially. Well, I'm Lindy Thorne, originally Lindy Northcutt, but um, I got a little married like later in life. But um, so I started uh, like my mom. Uh, we I was I always had horses in my life. My mom trained um, Western pleasures uh, horse Western pleasure horses and jumpers. And um, I did uh, the AQHA as a youth. And, um, and that's like my start in horses and everything like that. And then, um, when I went to college, like I was a D one volleyball player, I played a uh, volleyball in college and that's how like I got, you know, college degree. Cause my mom thought that was quite important, which is great. And then, um, I wanted to continue my life in horses. And so, Um, I was kind of like a sail barn girl. Like I would just swing a leg over any colt and ride it through the sail barn and, and break a lot of colts for, um, trainers in the area, which was in Kentucky. And then, um, I decided to move forward and, uh, I wanted to go work for a cow horse person. Um, anything that had to do with like training horses on cows and, and my first cutting horse trainer from that perspective was Alan Crouch in Noxipater, Mississippi. And I worked for him and he taught me the fundamentals on, um, working horses on cattle. And then, um, I worked for Tommy Marvin and, um, he won the futurity and he's still a great friend of mine. He's still like, he helped me at the futurity, um, picking my cows and everything like that. And, um, 
I just like progressed from there. Um, he set me up with, uh, I worked for him for three years and then he set me up with, uh, Jim and Jody Burns in Tulsa as an in-house trainer. And, um, I built my clientele up and then I decided to buy my, uh, first place, my fixer upper place, because I am not rich, says any horse trainer ever. And, um, we just, uh, uh, I just worked really hard and, 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 um, developed my business and yeah, that's how it went. So you mentioned that your start kind of came from that AQHA background with the I'm assuming it was like the all around events. You said that your mom was a, you know, trainer in the Western yeah. and the English disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also come from that background and then transitioned to the cow horse and the rainers later in life. And I really think that the background of that, like classical horsemanship really kind of helped me kind of transition over to these new events. And, um, did you find that it was a lot easier for you to kind of have that, you know, background where you kind of learn how to move the horse's bodies in certain ways and and the way that you sit and and all that, and then kind of transition over to the cattle events? Well, you're like, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, just, just taking, um, a colt and, and that's what I do is I, I break 62 year olds a year and um, we start them on cattle and everything like that but it's the basic fundamentals of their footfall and 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 trying to get them to put place their feet in the right way and maneuver their bodies around themselves and and everything like that and and the I, I I just remember like I mean when I was a kid when I was like 10 nine years old my mom would get behind me on a horse and be like okay, can you feel me move the rib out of here? Or you can, can you feel me move the rib this way? And can you feel the collection as you come into this, like, you know, circle and everything like that. And, and those basic fundamentals are extremely important to, in making a horse look fancy and, and pretty in their movements. And, um, that's something that I, I really, try to strive on in my training. Um, because I feel like, I mean, these horses are bred to do a job and, 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 but it's the fundamentals that, that bring it to that next level. And so I feel like you're exactly right. Those fundamentals were like extremely important when it came into my training in my future. So having that knowledge of how those fundamentals help a horse move and the impact that it plays on, on your training, can you tell us a little bit about how that comes into play with cutting, you know, a sport that requires so much finesse and so much movement and so much uh, working in conjunction with the horse? Well, I mean, like, you know, when we start these two-year-olds, I mean, they're bred to be cow horses. They're bred to have a job and they're bred to cut, um, and it's just taking that specific horse and just figuring out like, okay, like, you know, they might not want to be the brokest horse in the barn, but you tie them to a cow and you get them broke with the cow. 
instead of like fighting with them and just being like, you're going to do it my way. And so there's like different avenues you can take with these young horses that you're just like, okay, well, all right, you want to cut, I'm going to let you cut, but then like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to dial you in and I'm going to be like, okay, well, it'll be a lot easier if you like take a step back do it my way. And, 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 um, I'm going through that transition with my two-year-olds now. Like they all want to be like, okay, I, I got the cow. I got the cow. All right. Well, bring your nose through the cow and, and just pull them through it instead of doing it early on in their training. I feel that like when they're early on in their training, they're a little weak on the weaker side. We start them so young and you're just like, okay, well, it's just time to something they love because they're bred to do this. And then we just like break it down in their training process when they're tied to it. And then just be like, okay, give me your nose, give me your rib. And then you base all those fundamentals off of the cow, which makes it like so much fun. Like, I mean, when you lay a leg into a horse to just hold them to not cut and they're like, well, I want to, and they back up on their own. You're just like, all right, I gotcha. You know? And, um, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. And, and that's where my passion lies. And it's, it's, it's a cool experience. You mentioned starting, did I hear the word correctly? 62 year olds a year? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how do you, that, that's a lot of two-year-olds because I had one two-year-old last year and I felt like I was putting so much time into just trying to get her to where she was and where I needed her. I couldn't imagine trying to get 60 to come around and, and you're obviously preparing them for events as their three-year-old year and their four-year-old year. And how do you go about, you know, how does your program work that you're able to to work with that many two-year-olds on top of your show horses and, and traveling to horse shows and, and everything in between? Well, it's, it's exhausting. And, um, you know, I mean, the one thing that motivates any person is like waking up and paying the bills and getting your place paid off. And, um, uh, I really enjoy two-year-old season and, uh, my husband, Troy Thorne, he helps me out a lot with that. Um, uh, you know, uh, he puts like the first 10 rides. There's a lot of Colts. Like there's always a competition at the ranch. They're just like, okay, we have a couple round pins, like three or four round pins set up and, and we get them all started. But like, um, two year olds nowadays, they're not, I mean, they're like, uh, in the cutting industry, I like, I'm like, they're overgrown border collies. I mean, they're just, they're not, um, wild and we might have a couple that come in that are a little testy and you're just like, okay, this one needs more time. But it's, it's, it's so amazing how we have bred these horses over the years. And I have been breaking colts for 15 years and, uh, and I've known men in the industry and, and that I broke like, the tougher ones, the colder back ones. And, and, and I just take advice from them, from, uh, the horses that we have and everything like that. But nowadays, like it's, it's pretty simple. Like, I mean, and, and I think the simplicity of it comes from 
redirecting their energy into something that they're interested in. They're bred to cut. They're bred to be cowy. And so as soon as you can give those babies, like they're broken up, like whether it be like 15 rides or something, something to attract their energy and off of you into something that they're like, oh, that I'm curious about that. And then like, it just starts coming together and it, it, it is so much fun. I enjoy it so much. And, um, and we have a good team and, uh, we get through a lot of horses. It's, it's kind of a, like a assembly line training, but in the aspect of like, when we have a whole bunch of green horses come in, we have stations like they're saddled up over here. They're doing this over here. They might be like hobbled over here. And then I'm riding this one over here. Like, I mean, they do not stand idle. Like, I mean, they're always thinking about like, okay, what's the next station. And I feel like that's how our training program gets through so many two-year-olds and, um, and just having, a good team on your side is, um, really good. Uh, when I was hauling a lot this at the beginning of this year, um, I had somebody that was home and just like, whether they were just riding them outside or, or just putting a a leg over them and a saddle over them and it just keeps them moving. And then I can come in, but like, ultimately, um, I'm the only one that, that would work them on the flag. I like to work them on the cattle. Like, I mean, it is something that like I'm passionate about. Um, I enjoy, um, helping young trainers that have worked for me that like are just like, okay, so how do I do this? And then, but ultimately it's my responsibility and, and, and I kind of take over from there. Your passion for starting these horses comes through so clearly. And I think mm-hmm. that's amazing that like these, you know, these young horses, their first experience is somebody like you that's passionate about training them and helping them. And I, I like your whole philosophy on just redirecting that energy and the analogy of like overgrown border collies is hilarious. Um, as somebody who owns a border collie and also a little intimidating to work with 60 of those, but again, <laughs> I just, I love the the passion that you have for it. And speaking of, you know, super talented horses and passionate horses too. Um, can we hear a little bit about Phil, the horse that you won the paturity on and what he's like to ride? Oh, Philip, he was great. Um, you know, uh, Misty, like, I mean, Misty Greason, the owner of Phil, um, she dreams big. She always has. I mean, she owned the mother and, and everything like that. And so like, um, me and her have been friends from the very beginning, even when like the first time she, I met her, she had a two horse straight load trailer and she unloaded this rescue horse off of her trailer that she bought for $150 because like it was starved out. And she was like, it has, cow blood in her. And I was like, all right. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, well, all right, let's see if she can cut. And so, um, we called her Dunny and, and, and Dunny like got, 
Misty out of the 2000 limit rider. And then like we progressed into, um, a mare that Clark and Debbie Brewster had in training with us. And then, um, uh, I, I told Misty, I was like, well, they want to sell her and you know, Clark. And I was like, you know, no one wants to buy her. And I think this is a nice mare. She only won $7,500 after her four year old year. But I was like, I think this is a nice mare. And then now, uh, she bought her for like 25,000 and then, uh, uh, which is a lot of money I feel. And, uh, and a lot of money to her at the moment. And so, um, that mare changed the whole program, which gave us Phil. So Phil is her first baby. And, and that mare to me, like, I mean, she stays at my place for free. Like, I mean, she is, um, the mare that changed my program and I love her to death. She's in my barn right now. And, and she's 12 years old and I made the open uh, world finals on her and, and, and she was, she's just a great mare and Misty was the show champion the same year that Phil won the Futurity and she was a show champion in the unlimited amateur. And, um, she's just an amazing horse and, um, something that is dear to my heart. And, uh, so like, when she gave us Phil, Misty was just like, this is the next maturity champion. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Next maturity champion. I like how you think. Let's just see how it goes and we'll go from there. So Misty did a lot of groundwork on the, on the Colt because like he was the only baby at her house at the moment. And, and, uh, she got on him bareback and she was just like, look at Phil and, and I was like, that's amazing. And I'm like, good for you. And then she uh, would saddle him. And and um, then he came to our place. And, and then I, my husband saddled him and rode him. And, and I worked him. And, and I was like, yeah, this is a nice horse. He's bendy and smooth. And, and he cares. And he's a little bit different made from the mare. The mare was, um, when she stopped, she was all four feet in the ground as hard as you can like imagine. It felt like you were hitting a wall at 190 miles per hour. And this horse would just like sink it in the ground with his hind end and just whip you back through there and had a lot of bendy expression. And, um, he was just, uh, he was fun to train as a stud, I was just like, okay, well, let's just see how this goes. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this and, and, and I treat all my stallions and, and geldings the same. Like they live out in the pasture together. And, uh, Phil decided that that wasn't for him. Like he ran the fence and, and I was just like, I don't know. Like he ran the cows through the fence. He ran horses through the fence. And I was like, all right, Phil's got to go in the stall. If we're going to keep him a stud, he's got to go into a stall. And so, and then when we put him in the stall, he's just like his mom, like put him off in a deep, dark hole and he's got his private space and he was just a different horse and he didn't get worse or he actually got better. And then I was just like, okay. I see what stallion you want to be. You can't be around others because it winds you up. And so I was just like, okay, just put you in a spot that you're just comfortable with yourself and, 
and your alone time, which is just like his mother. And then, um, he just progressed from there. Like the works of things were good and, um, and it was simple and it was simple for him. And all I had to do was just try to figure out closer in the training for the futurity was just a little bit just like, okay, listen and, um, be smart. And, um, he wanted to do both of those. And, um, he just, he just tried to, um, be a good horse and good horses make good trainers. And, and, um, that's all it is. I mean, he was, he was an exceptional horse to ride. So when did you kind of start getting that feeling like, okay, this horse could actually win the fraternity. Like you obviously, when you have 62 year olds in your program, you can only show so many in one event, especially at an event like the NRJ fraternity, uh, not the NRJ fraternity, sorry. NCHA. NCHA. I'm reading an email that says NRHA, sorry, NCHA fraternity, (laughs) too many associations. Um, But, you know, you can obviously only show so many at the NCHA fraternity. Uh, When did you kind of start deciding like, okay, this is going to be one of my horses on my string this year? Well, it wasn't really that. I start a lot of colts for other trainers. So like my overhead on the, the horses only lasts for so long for probably five months of the year. And so like I, like my two year old program, I will never neglect that because I enjoy it. And, uh, even after I won the fraternity, I'm still training other horses for other trainers. And so like when it came to Phil, like everybody asked me that and, and I'm like, he, he's just a horse until he actually goes and shows So like there was no expectation and I had a client that had expectations through the roof and I'm like, okay, like let's, let's (laughs) keep it centered. Let's stay down here on the ground and whatever happens happens. And, and she's great about that. She, she, she has never been like, if you don't win, no, she's not that person. She is like the best client in the world. But, um, you know, uh, I think when I went to the cult work in Ardmore and even then I wasn't like, I was going to like James Payne's and working the horse and then going to the Ardmore cult work and everything like that. I, I still at the moment was just like, we have a lot of things to work on. <laughs> and, um, and, and I think that's just me being a perfectionist. So I never thought in my mind that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win the fraternity. Even when I was sitting in the cow box in the open finals, I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I mean, I was a nervous wreck and, and, and Kara's just like, all right, we got your cows. You have your list, get on your horse and just like find your peace and, um, and I got on him and Misty, Misty, the owner actually prepped him for the maturity. And she was just like, like, she's like, why are you loping him? And I was just like, I need to do something. <laughs> and so, um, I loped him and, uh, yeah, I had no idea 
that that was going to happen at all. Like, I mean, it was, um, and my facial expressions and my, um, candid comments that were like quite embarrassing. I was like, I can't believe I just said that. And, and it was just, it was just something that just happened and I'm super grateful for. It was validating for all the hard work and the grunt work, but, um, no, did I ever feel like Phil was like my next maturity champion? Like I'm not that trainer. I'm just like a girl from Oklahoma that wanted to be a cutting horse trainer. And I live in an apartment that was a garage and (laughs) like it was, it wasn't something that I was just like, this is going to happen. Like there was no, um, kind of like positive. I mean, we work hard to obtain unreachable goals all the time as trainers. And, um, it, I, I just feel like God was just like, yeah, it's your turn. So (laughs) there's that. Oh man, I love that. And like, I, you know, I watched the video when they announced your score and, um, how it it like, it seemed to take you a moment to kind of react and let it sink in. And, um, you're the third woman to win the cutting fraternity, but the first woman since 2000. So that's huge too. Um, you know, you, you say that you were just shocked and floored and you made these like candid comments, which by the way, I'd love to hear what the candid comments were. Um, but what did that make it even more meaningful to you, um, to be, you know, the first woman to win it since 2000, what was going through your head in that moment in terms of that, or was it just pure shock and surprise? Because the video, like you said, is you can feel like your, your excitement. It's palpable just through even watching the video. You know, I, um, here's the thing. Yes, I am a woman, but like, I mean, boys don't scare me. (laughs) Um, they are my competitors and, um, yeah. And I'm like, if I can do what you can do, like we're good. Like, I mean, they're just complete competitors on the same scale. So as far as, um, the woman thing goes like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's cool. And, and I, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but, um, when it, the motion of everything, like, I mean, I didn't even know when any, what anybody else marked. And I feel like I, I'm sure I'll get a lot of be like, well, you know, she, she should have known that. And I mean, like the first set, I was up in stands by myself with my leggings on my shoulder and, um, I'm pretty sure I got kicked out of the seats cause I wasn't supposed to sit in cause I didn't have a ticket. And I was like, well, I need to get up and I, I need to watch this first set because I, I want to make a cow list of cows that are good and, and correlate that to my next list that we're fixing to, uh, show in the second set. And so you know, and I, and I'm up there and I'm like, there's a lot of noise. And then I'm pretty sure like I got kicked out of my seat and I was like, all right. So I, I stood by my husband and he was just like, you got this. And I was like, yeah, I think I got it. Like, I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be. I have a deep draw and I like a deep draw. And so, um, you know, when, uh, when it, when it all came to that point, And, um, 
when I seen the score, I was just like, whew, it took the air out of my lungs. And, um, I got emotional, I'll still get emotional about it because like, it's an incredible it, story. Yeah. It wasn't something that I was just like, Oh wow. Like I'm supposed to be at this level. I was just grateful to be at my first open finals. And I'm like, okay. So like the girl card comes out and, and that's where the emotions come. <laughs> and so, uh, when I like, I mean, when I left the arena and everybody's like shaking my hand and everything like that. And I was like, wow. And then, uh, I remember like just walking in the warm up pen for a minute and I was talking to, um, uh, Nadine Payne and, and, and talking to her and I was like, what's leading. And she was like, you are. And I'm like, and then I lost it again. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And like, there's three horses left. And I am like, well, the worst I could do is third. Like, wow, I'm super excited. And then, uh, and I was just grateful. Like, I mean, that's the biggest score I've ever put up on a board at a NCHA event. And so, um, just to go out and do my personal best, because I wasn't trying to, I mean, this might sound strange, but I wasn't trying to go win. I was just trying to go and show my horse and, and allow the cows to, to show what my horse can do. And, and that was my whole mindset going into the whole maturity, like the finals. So that no your story is amazing and and seeing your ride and seeing your emotion and and here like just getting to talk to you and and obviously learning how special this horse is and how special your customer is and and you know how hard you worked to get there it's it's really cool and and I know there's a lot of you know female riders out there specifically who you know sometimes feel like they can't compete against the boys and so I love having you out there to just showcase like, no, you're, you're just as strong. You're just as capable. Like, it, you know, you can, you can do it. And so it's so amazing to see. And and I love how emotional you still are talking about it because it just shows how passionate you are about everything that you do and, and the horses that you ride and, and the family and, and friends and, and customers that you surround yourself with. And, um, you also had the opportunity to compete in the uh, first ever American Performance Horseman event that took place earlier this year. You were on Team Green, which probably should have been named Team Omri because your 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 teammates were Casey Deary and Chris Dawson, who are hilarious and ever. and <laughs> and Omri as I can get. So, um, can you kind of talk about that experience? Because this event is something that we've really never seen before where a cow horse rider, a reigning rider and a cutting rider all compete on one team together to win and, you know, basically a, a championship, you know, from all the events. You know, it was, it was crazy because, um, this was just like the icing on the cake for this year because like, I, I had no idea I was in the running for this. Like, I'm not like, how am I at the top five trainers? of the year. Like, I mean, I, I had a, a good show year, but, um, 
the fraternity was amazing. And so um, I was in Australia at, uh, at my uh, husband's sister's ranch. Um, she trains uh, like she's one, like she's like five time national uh, cowgirl in, uh, in Australia. And she trains, she's retired now and she trains racehorses. And I was sitting upstairs and my phone went off and it's mind you like, uh, the state's time compared to Australia is quite different. So it's two o'clock in the morning and my phone goes off and, and I wake up cause I'm a light sleeper and I wake up and I look over and I'm like, what is this? And it was Misty. And, um, she sends me this like picture of the American deal. And I'm sitting in the middle of it, like <laughs> with in the chair. And I was just like, what? And so like, I call her and I'm like, what is this? And she was just like, um, you're showing at the American. And I'm like, how's that possible? And she's like, well, you won the futurity and you had a good show year. And I was just like, all right. So I look at all the people next to me and I'm like, they're all my idols. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. And so, um, Teton Ridge did an amazing job promoting, um, and I think it's a beautiful event and, um, and, and, um, I really enjoyed the process of it. Um, uh, I really enjoyed the, the best part about the whole thing was just getting to throw down and, um, show Phil's mom, um, at that moment. Like, I mean, I was not going to show Phil there. We just came off the cattlemen's and, and I felt like that was like a huge kind of deal, um, to, to show a young four-year-old stud at that moment. And, um, and, and, and in all honesty, um, Maddie was the one Phil's mom. Little Maddie Ray was the one that, um, changed my program and she changed my training. She taught me so much and it just kind of reiterates the whole aspect of good horses teaches good trainers. And, um, she deserved that spotlight at that moment. And, um, it was, it was just the icing on the cake and to, to do all that, um, um, Casey and, uh, and, um, shit, Chris, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> so that was my fault. Like Casey and Chris were completely, um, they were the best teammates I could ask for because like this whole kind of thing where you have to talk to people cause people want to know you now and, and the publicity from all of it and the interviews, like it was a complete awkward, like it was awkward for me because like, I am a recluse. Like I like to be on my place. I like to do my own thing. I am very private person. I, I love my family and I'm not a big social media person. And, um, so like, 
I'm so grateful that they were my teammates because they're complete badasses and, um, I got to know them and, um, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and I'm, I was just like super grateful to go through that process with them. And, um, it was, it was an amazing experience. Like, like I said, like, I mean, Teton Ridge is doing a great job just trying to promote all three of our industries. And, um, I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah. The interviews with you three were hilarious because those, yeah, those two are so honorary and you're just like, I'm going to let these guys take the spotlight <laughs> and, and uh, maybe it'll be off me for a little bit. It was so funny. Keep your head up. And I'm like, my head is up, but like, this is like not my comfort zone. And they're so comfortable talking in front of people. Like, this is like a whole new, like all of this is just completely new. And I don't know how to fathom any of it. Well, and you say, you know, like you just said earlier, I'm just a girl from Oklahoma and you're so humble and you're so passionate about these horses. This has been a great conversation. I, I think, um, I, I know it's, it's new to you and probably foreign to you, but you're, I'm sure you're a great inspiration for so many people out there. And especially like your humble attitude. It's just amazing to see. And it's, it's just been really fun to hear your story. Um, what's next for you? I know that you're coming off the road. You had some events earlier this year, but you're kind of making a shift, right? What's, what's next for you in your journey? So, um, it's just like, you know, we live, um, the American dream and, and my family was, um, my mom's side of the family was originally from Holland they were Holocaust survivors. And, and it's just like, you know, I was always raised to just like work hard, pay your bills and, and that keeps you going and, and enjoy your life at the same moment. And, and God will bless you. And so, um, when, uh, when the fraternity happened, the American and everything like that, um, our place is paid off. And, um, I met my husband later in life and, uh, we've been together for four years now. And, um, I love being at home and, um, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to retire from showing and just, uh, for, I'm going to finish out, uh, the year at the maturity and then I'm going to stay home and do what I do, what like I'm passionate about and, and training Colts and, and, and living in a more simpler life. Um, I've never been that person that's like, well, I want all the fame and glory and this, that, or the other, like I had a moment and, and I'm glad that God has blessed me with that moment. Um, but I feel that, um, I'm getting pulled in a different direction and I just want to, um, I'm 43 now I'll be 43 in November and, um, I want to focus the rest of my life, uh, 
not going and staying at home and um, focusing on family. Um, the last time I got to see my family in Cal- uh, in California was, um, gosh, it's probably been uh, five years. Wow. Like, we make... Um, extreme sacrifices being horse trainers. And I mean, it is part of the journey and like, go ahead and do it. And, and I feel like I am not trying to be this person, but like, um, for my life. And when I made the last check payment to be like, all right, you're free and clear. And I'm like, whew, that's the thing that like, kept me going. And, but then I was just like, well, there's other things that are going to keep me going. Um, but I love staying at home and I love riding Colts and I'm just going to go back to doing that. And, and that's what started my business. And my clients have been exceptional and very understanding and, um, very good. And we have, um, Wesley Yallian has gotten feeling dangerous and he's going to continue on with his show career. And I'm super excited and he's going to stay in Oklahoma and Wesley's just 45 minutes from us. And so it's going to be really good. Super excited. That's awesome. And, and I love hearing, that you're able to follow your passion and do what you're doing, because I think that there's many horse trainers out there who are afraid to, you know, take a step back from the show world and, and really do the, the parts of the horse riding or, or showing or whatever that they would love to do just because it is a sacrifice and it, it is a lot of money, you know, you have to pay your bills and, and, um, so that's awesome. Uh, Thank you. This podcast interview has to be probably one of my favorite interviews. I'm Same. not lying when I say this. I, your story, every time you answer a question, your story just gets more and more interesting. And it, it's just really cool to hear it. And um, I know you said you're not a big social media person, but is there any kind of social media accounts that anybody can follow if they want to see you know, what it is that you do or, or what you did at the fraternity last year or anything like that? Well, um, I have 2M Marketing running my um, uh, page, which is Lenny Thorne Cutting Horses. And, um, yeah, that's that's as far as social media goes. I'm sure they have uh, Instagram as well, but I don't have Instagram or Snapchat, so I don't know what's going on there. So <laughs> I love but, it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they run my page and, 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 um, and we'll have quite a few three-year-olds that'll be up for sale this, uh, coming, uh, by the end of the month. And so, yeah, they do all of that. So if anybody wants to reach out, just go to that or just go to Lindy Thorne and, and message me and yeah. 
Great. Yeah. People should keep an eye out for that. And uh, we're just, we're so happy for you with your future and, and what you're going to do and, and that you're just going to chase your passion and stay home and spend time with your family. And thank you so much for joining us, Lindy. This has been, like Nicole said, an amazing interview. I know people out there are going to love to hear your story. Thanks for being well, here. Thank you so much. Ready to make traveling with your horses easier? Download the new U.S. Rider app from the Apple and Google Play app stores today. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com to see all the cool things that we're up to. And if you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.